excited to be preaching this morning, uh, particularly when we have one of those weeks. I, I get excited when you have one of those weeks when things just don't flow, because then I know God's going to move, because it's not me. Um, at the moment, uh, we've got uh, one, one sick child at home. Uh, so I was going to do this last time, but Carmen's not here, but I'll... I just want to honour Carmen as far as whenever I preach, uh, she gives up a lot in the week leading up to the preach in that uh, preparing a preach, and Brendan could relate and Chris as well, that it, it takes a bit of time to do your diligence and homework and kind of the preparation to make sure you've got some groundwork. So in a week like this when I preach, it takes out pretty much all the spare time like in the evenings, two or three evenings, uh, and then if that doesn't quite work out, if it's a full week, then the Saturday. So Carmen, just uh, she she loves the house of God. She knows how important it is. So she uh, cl- clears the schedule or um, takes the kids out of the house on a Saturday if, if need extra time. So if you like my preaching, you should thank Carmen, is, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, she's not here today, but she will probably be listening to the recording uh, because... She likes to support me, uh, but I just want to th- thank her on that. She's not here, but uh, next time I'll be preaching will be in a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, so at, at the moment we're on the narrow path, and w- week three we're going through uh, chapter two of the book of Galatians. In the last couple of weeks we've gone through discussing a conflict, a confrontation between Paul and Peter, uh, tackling nationalism and racism, and cultural superiority and, uh, and these sort of attitudes and making sure that we don't have them uh, in church uh, and, yeah, and our attitudes and just making sure that we're, we are right and uh, that, that background and, and context of uh, Paul challenging Peter. But before we get further on to uh, Book of Galatians chapter 2, I just want to bring into the story Noah in Genesis chapter 6 verses 5 to 8. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on the earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth, and his heart was deeply troubled. So the Lord said, I will wipe from the face of the earth the human race I have created, and with them the animals, the birds, the creatures that move along the ground, for I regret that I have made them. That's a bit of a statement right there, isn't it? But Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. Jesus, thank you for this morning. I pray your presence is here in increasing measure. Thank you. You've been with us already. Where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst. I pray your word will challenge us, will stretch us, will motivate us to action. And increase our relationship and our closeness with you. Anoint this word this morning, I pray. Amen. We'll come back to Noah a little bit later, but continue in Galatians. So we're chapter 2, verse 15 and 16. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. 
Let's dig into these verses and, and tackle them a little bit uh, step by step. Verse 15. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles. Now this would sound like the ultimate racism or nationalism, you would think. It's very, well, we're the Jews, you're the Gentiles. Very classist or, or nationalist. And if you're listening the last couple of weeks, you would think this just goes against the very thing that we've been talking about. It, it could, could seem like that. But what we're getting is a cultural context again, that from the Jewish point of view, a sinner is a person who does not live by the law. Uh, because the Gentiles weren't given the law, they're considered sinners by default. The very fact they exist in that Jewish ideology and culture, every, everybody who's not Jewish is a sinner just by pure existence. That's a hard standard to live up to, isn't it? Uh, good, good luck with that one. To, to, to get uh, favour with the, the, the Jewish people. So that, that's just explaining, giving that cultural background. We won't go into the details because we've gone over that in the last few weeks. Going on to verse 16. Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law. So here, Paul is introducing the idea of this word justification. I want to explore that a little bit more because it's very powerful and in your Christian walk it's a it's a big, it's a simple word in some ways. It's got a few syllables to it, but it's a powerful idea to capture and to, to live out. Uh, can, it literally will transform your life if you grab a hold of it and understand it and can live out of that. So justification is essentially the same thing as being clean. To be justified is to be acceptable for fellowship with God. So here Paul switches the terms and has been using clean in the past, but introduces this word justification. Why he does it is justification has a, a legal reference. Therefore, it provides a different perspective on our salvation. See, the opposite of clean might be polluted or dirty. But cleansing isn't sufficient to convey what Christ did for us on the cross. See, Jesus died on the cross and he didn't just cleanse us, that, that's part of it, but it's, it's more than that. The opposite of justified is condemned. So while clean and justified might be similar in, in words, the opposites are quite different. Or, or there's, a, there's a whole other extension there. You've got a difference between dirty and condemned. You can imagine in a legal context, if someone got uh, prosecuted and deemed criminal activity and said, you you are dirty, you're, you're a polluted person, rather than you're a condemned person. You, you're condemned to that sentence, particularly if it was a, a death sentence. So he introduces this, this word because of the, the stronger context and, and its legal ramifications. The words justification or justify, this bit of trivia for you, it counted 131 uh, times in total in the New Testament. 85 times in Paul's writing. It's the justification is the legal standing that results from the process of being justified. To say that somebody is justified from sin is not to claim that they're innocent of sin or innocent of the crime. It's far from it. Rather, the term justification suggests that the offender has been exempted from the penalty they justly deserve. The death sentence of sin 
has been set aside consistent with the righteous judge's system of justice. So very practically speaking, justification is the equivalent of forgiveness and justified is a past tense with an abiding result, which is interesting. We'll explore that a little bit more later, but when we say we have been justified, it's not something that's going to happen. It's not something that might happen. It's something that has happened. So it's not something we're attaining for or seeking. It's something we can live out of straight away. The Greek objective, uh, I have no Greek heritage, so dikaios, hopefully, means upright, just, and righteous. It's got the, the, the root word, just and righteous, can sometimes interchangeable, or there might be the, the verb or the noun version. So justification also means to be declared righteous. I'm going somewhere with this, just, just setting it up, just trying to get a few things together. So justification also means to be declared righteous. So when we go back over those verses, who, we who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles, know the person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So when we go to but by faith in Jesus Christ, it's a big but. I like big Bible buts. They can be powerful, not to be confused with songs. And it says, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Can go to that one, Michelle? Just that short part. If we've got it. Yes, cool. So, but by faith in Jesus Christ. When, when we have a statement and we go and then say, but by, with, with exception, with this one exception, we know that we're not justified by the works of the law, but by faith. It means but by faith and faith alone and no other means. In no other way can we be saved except through faith in Jesus Christ. And this is the means and instrument of the justification. So we've got justification, righteousness, and then we're bringing in faith. These are important words to understand. Sounds like a bit of a teaching session, but we're going to get back to Noah in the future and it's going to be good. So just to understand, so we've got a little bit of context of justification. Now, if we're justified by faith, we need to know what faith means. Hebrews 11.1, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, an important thing to understand is faith is not just a belief or a knowing. The devil knows that God is real. Many people might know or have experienced God, but aren't living out in faith. It's not just a belief. It's strongly coupled in the Bible with obedience. Faith in Jesus Christ means believing and obeying. There's an action to our faith. Not anything that will earn me anything. So they're they're closely coupled, but my actions won't earn me faith. It won't earn me salvation. We've learned through this year that you can't add anything to the gospel You can't add anything to salvation. But they're so intertwined. For instance, if I have faith for healing and act like I'm not healed, then that healing could disappear or I'd just be ignorant of the fact that God has provided healing for me. So if I have faith for that healing but don't obey God and step out in that healing and act the healing out, 
then am I acting out in faith? Do I actually have the faith for the healing in the first place? True faith will lead us to obedience. And you wouldn't obey God if you didn't have faith in God. Because you wouldn't have faith that He exists, that He is, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and all of that makes sense and all of that works. Even if you don't understand all of it, that's where faith kicks in. Say, yes, and I'll listen and I will do. I will obey. So we're justified by faith. Now this all sounds a bit too easy, this whole gospel thing. You can't earn it, you can't buy it, you can't negotiate for it. It's just justified by faith. But even uh, Paul's talking about this conflict, and he said even the apostles such as Peter, who lived with Jesus, who was with Jesus for three years, did ministry, was the kind of the loud one of the bunch, and and said amazing things, did amazing miracles. Even he needed to learn more about what, what it means to be justified by faith. Got a, got a question for us. And I'm just going to wander around and put some people on the spot. Who likes to be put on the spot? <laughs> I'm not going to ask those people. How would you describe a just person? Not describe just a person. How would you describe a just person? Richard. I've got no idea. <laughs> Megan. Someone that's fair. Fair. That's a good one. Dean. Um, I don't know, really. <laughs> We're going to be learning, some, learning something good this morning. Gwenda. A just person. Um, honours justice. Honours justice. So a just person, it's fair honours justice I'll just throw a few other words integrous, honest stands by their word now so the issue here is how can God be just integrous, fair, honest and yet justify sinners and seemingly say don't worry about it you've sinned, it's all good because by that very nature he would be lying and saying there aren't consequences and the, the things I said hundreds and thousands of years ago, when we put the law in place, there's consequence for sin. If, I just start, if, he, if God just suddenly turned around and said, don't worry about it, it's all good, just, just let it go, then he wouldn't be just because all those people that have gone before wouldn't have had the same fair situation. The answer is found in the gift of Christ. Because God said, the wages, well, Paul, Paul translates a, a good summary of it, the wages of sin are death. So God would be going against his own word and would be considered unjust if he didn't continue with that. The Lord de- demands a penalty for sin, and if God just said, oh, don't worry about that anymore, then he would not be fair, just, impartial, or sticking to his word. God sent his only son to be the sacrifice for our sin an offering of atonement, a covering for sin, the sinless Lamb of God, the new song we've been singing in the last couple of weeks, Lamb of God, refers to Jesus who takes the penalty for the sinful individual, that's us. And he submits to the conditions imposed by the judge, God. So Jesus died on the cross because there is a consequence for sin, but God couldn't just turn around and say, it's all good, no no consequences of sin. The consequence of sin has, has been paid for by Jesus on the cross. So we are justified and made righteous 
by faith. We are not acceptable to God because we actually become righteous or justified. We become actually righteous because we are acceptable to God. I'll say that again. So we are not acceptable to God because we actually become righteous. We're not acceptable after the point of being made righteous. We are made righteous because we are acceptable to God in the first place. So it's got to get the order in place. And when you understand that and live out of that, you're not trying to earn any love, not trying to earn the love of God. Because we need to know, and somebody, well, all of us, but maybe there's somebody here this morning that needs to know you are acceptable to God. You are acceptable not because of anything else except you are acceptable to God. And then through that, God has chosen to make us righteous. Jesus has done it for us already. We who are Jews by birth and not sinful Gentiles know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have put our faith in Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. The works of the law, we've talked about them through this year. There's examples where Peter was getting confused about who he should eat with and, and was withdrawing and, and there was the circumcision issue. They are the works of the law, these things they put in place to try and uh, attain these penalties. These, there's a whole bunch of things to try and be righteous with the whole point of the law showing that you can't be righteous and blameless because Jesus needed to fulfill it because he was the only one without sin the only one that could fulfill that for us. So let's go back to Noah. Noah found favour in the eyes of God. Now, that, that verse uh, refers to that is uh, Genesis 6-8. Noah fi- found favour in the eyes of the Lord. This is the first example of grace in the Bible. It's the first actual reference and it's set against this dark background of wickedness and things that are going on to the point where God created humankind, created the earth, said, Oh dear, I regret having made people. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Over into Genesis 6, 9, verse 9. It says, This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man blameless among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with God. Noah was a righteous, just man, justified man, blameless, justified, no sin to be held to his name among the people of his time and he walked faithfully with God. He's throwing the obedience in there. He walked in obedience with God which could be faithfully See how these start to tie together. Despite belonging to a race of sinners, by God's grace, Noah was made righteous. And that translates for us. You know, people, you hear people talk about how the world's going to hell on a high water. I don't even know what all that means. But, you know, the, the world's in decline. And, and there's this famous quote, I can't remember who it's from, but it's, it talks about, you know, society is so 
backward and young people don't respect their elders and they're doing all sorts of things and there's crazy behavior going on. And it sounds like somebody from the 50s would reference in today's uh, culture. But it's actually one of the Greek philosophers from 2,000 years ago referring to their culture and their time. So society, there's always evil, there's always wickedness, there's always crazy things going on. But despite belonging to a race of sinners, by God's grace, Noah was made righteous. And so can each one of us be. Because Jesus has done it on the cross. So righteous, to be justified, blameless, to clean, justified. What this meant is he was in that right legal position. So there's that legal term before God. And did what was pleasing to God. He, he stood out as free from blemish among his peers and had a close personal relationship with God. He says he walked faithfully with God. To skip forward to uh, chapter 6, verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. So what we see first is Noah's a righteous man, blameless, and then goes through how Noah built the ark. He, he followed God's commands and started getting animals together and building this thing that was so many cubits by so many cubits. And there had never been rain and he didn't know what a boat was, but he just obeyed God. So Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Now from this, and reading that whole chapter, you would say it would be easy to say Noah was righteous because he obeyed God. But in fact, he was righteous and obeyed God because he had been made righteous in the first place. So at the start of the chapter earlier on Noah found favour before he did anything he found favour it wasn't because he built an ark and didn't know what an ark was he found favour and out of that came the obedience he was justified it's just God affirming that Noah has been found righteous and set aside so he became righteous having received the grace favour then the works happened building the ark there was an obedience in his faith but he had already been decided as a recipient of this favour, this righteousness and this justification. Yeah, that, how, how that applies is for us. Sometimes we might try and earn or strive to be a better Christian. We might try and earn the justification. And, and the, the devil might say, you've got to work harder, you're not a good enough Christian, you need to pray some more you need to give more you need to do things to be a better christian yeah yes we can be more generous than we are there's things we can do to grow in our relationship but when it becomes in condemnation then it's getting away from justification it's getting away from by faith and faith alone in, in hebrews eleven seven. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. So it's by faith. It's the title of today's message, and it's referenced in Galatians, it's referenced here again. By faith, Noah, when warned, in holy fear, built an ark. By his faith, he condemned the world. 
and became heir of the righteousness or justification that is in keeping with faith. What does that mean for us? Do we believe in faith that we are justified, righteous or right with God? And what does that look like and how, how do we act that out in our lives? See, the ark Noah was building was a type or a, a foretelling. This ark saved, Noah saved him because he had been made righteous, saved him from the sin, from the death of that time. It's a foretelling of what Christ would do for us, for humanity. We'd come and save us from our sins so that we may have everlasting life. In Romans 3.20, says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. So, the importance of the law is not so much to say there's all these things you have to do. It's through something that will show us that we have sin and we need that justification. We need to be cleansed by Jesus, by His blood. Verse 21, But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, we've got people of all sorts of cultures in here and I really forgot to mention the start of my message, I really should have I know there's some people in the room that won't really care but how good was the rugby last night? 41 was it 13 I think yeah see for those that don't know much about rugby I'm just kind of introducing the fact I'm from New Zealand and different cultures there's this thing called a Bladdersloe Cup that Australia I think it's 15 years now, is it? Yeah, have not won from New Zealand in that time. Um, so, yeah, it would be like, you know, Port versus the Crows. And the Crows or Port winning for 15 years, the, show, the two showdowns and having a series of that and never being able to, yeah, it's, it's not good. But we, we've got people of different cultures. It doesn't matter where you've grown. If you've been in church your whole life, I grew up in church. I... Um, remember as far as I first gave my life when I was five I asked my dad what does it mean to be Christian at the age of five apparently quite a deep question for a five year old to ask uh, not can I become a Christian what does it mean to be Christian so I grew up in church and then I kind of rededicated my life when I was 13 because I wasn't sure if it counted when I was five because I was at a youth camp and you know, things get exciting but I've, I've grown up in church. I've never done a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, but I've n- not always, I've never been perfect. And there's others that have probably only just come into church this year or potentially this week. Others that maybe a few years ago. What the Bible says here is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by His grace. So Noah found grace. He found favour. Another meaning of grace is unmerited favour. We have all sinned and all fall short of the glory of God, but all are justified, made righteous, freely by His grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice 
of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. It's funny because usually I go really long. I have a habit of going too long, but hey, I've still got 20 minutes. Not really. We'll see how we go. But I just want to, it's, it's quite meaty. It's, there's quite a lot to that. And it, it sounds quite intellectual. And if it's just gone like completely confusing, I do apologize. But I hope that somewhere in there we can grasp that we are justified in a legal sense. No matter what you feel about your life and, and the position you are in, that Jesus has done it on the cross for us, that we are made righteous. We can be justified. The penalty that the judge could, if we went into court, and you know, it's not just, oh, you're a polluted person. It's saying, no, you, that, that sentence that you should have had is wiped clear. You are free to go. Just wonder, George, can I you maybe there, there might be people in the room that have never made that step of faith because you're not sure. You don't know what it means. This morning we will have an opportunity for you to take that step of faith and I'd love to pray with you. But maybe there are people in this room that you feel like whatever you do is not good enough. Not good enough for God. Not good enough for this unconditional love because maybe grew up in a home that you had to earn attention and earn respect and and so how you see God and how you see Father God has has warped this just God not just God this just God maybe you've been in church a long time I remember when I was 18, 19 I was reasonably, say, overzealous. I've never been an extrovert person. But I remember going, yeah, I'm going to be serious with this. I want to be as good a Christian as can be. I'm going to set a goal to get up, pray for an hour every day. I'm going to read like a chapter of the Bible every day. And then you get to day three and it doesn't happen. Yeah. Day, day three. It was more than the year before. But but when when we set these goals, like I'm gonna be as good a Christian as possible, and then it turns around and it doesn't happen. And then you get depressed because oh I'm not as good a Christian as Brandon or as Chris or as David. I'm just throwing all the guys in there. Maybe you know, these thoughts creep in that you're not worthy. Oh, I can't do this Christian thing. You know, that's the, the devil creeping in. Because in Romans 8, it says, Therefore now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. 
So he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, there's no condemnation for you this morning. Maybe in your Christian walk, maybe you feel condemnation when you can't live up to a certain standard. You can't sing as well as the people from the front. Maybe you you can't pray as much or you, you miss something in the church life. Some of you feel condemnation. Maybe you feel like you can't worship. You walk in the door, you struggle to get here, you walk in the door and you just don't feel worthy of God's love. It's great that you turned up, that you're here this morning and you're listening on the recording. It's great that you made that effort, but it just is such a struggle. And and I know because there was probably a good couple of years where I struggled to turn up to church. And this is me who grew up in church and studied at Bible college. And and it, it can be hard. You can feel condemnation because of all sorts of things that go on. I know when I was 18, 19, I was striving and I feel depressed and turn up to church like I disconnect from God and I couldn't, I pray and I didn't feel like I could hear God speaking. And then I got this revelation of grace. Where Jesus just revealed his presence and said, it's okay. It's not about what you can earn. It's not about the works of the law and trying to do the right things to be circumcised or not circumcised, to to eat with the right people, to be praying the right volume or the right words or to be reading the right passages. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the war of sin and death. before I want to give an opportunity for people who haven't made a decision or maybe it's been a while and you want to accept Jesus Christ this morning just by faith not by having to do anything in a certain way I'm not going to ask you to jump up on one foot and spin around and clap uh, because there's nothing you can do to earn it it's not a circus show it's not a football game, it's not an academic test it's not multi-choice, it's not an essay it's a decision by faith through that decision of faith to accept Jesus Christ you can be free it's for freedom that Christ has set us free just ask everybody to uh, just close your eyes just to give people a moment who might be contemplating this, who might have been at church for a while, might be the first time, but haven't made this decision or have just come back to church in recent times. And just ask in a moment, I'll ask you to raise your hand and I'll acknowledge it. And you can put it down. And I would love if the people here this morning making that decision, I ask you to love to pray with you, support you in that decision. And we have people here that would like to support you in that decision too. So just ask if there's anybody here that would like to accept Jesus Christ, to 
say, I became conscious of my sin. I want to be forgiven of my sin. I want to be accepted into relationship with Jesus. I just want to make that decision in faith. I don't understand who all about Jesus. I haven't read his whole life story 37 times. And, but I recognize his presence here this morning. I want to make this decision by faith and start stepping out and exploring this relationship with him. Just ask if there's anybody here this morning that would like to accept Jesus, become a Christian as we call it, to start a relationship with God. I just ask you to raise your hand this morning. If there's anybody here, by faith, take a step of faith, raise your hand, make that decision. Maybe you've been in church for a while and felt you've been away out of that relationship. Maybe you grew up or you've been around religious life, kind of go to church every week. You do the rituals, you do the things, but you've never had that personal connection, that step of faith to know I'm justified. I cannot earn it by turning up to church every week. It's by making a decision. Is there anybody here this morning? Just ask you to raise your hand nice and high. ask everybody to stand to your feet please it's going to take a couple of moments just in the presence of God just close your eyes put out your hands just reach out to him this morning just want to start thinking about the moments maybe where you've felt condemnation or lack of self-worth or that you are worthy of God's love you've been striving trying to do the right things trying to do the works of law the things that you think are right just lift them before God this morning sets broken about what it means for that relationship and to know that we are justified by faith we are made righteous we are made right with God by faith not because we did anything but we were found acceptable and because of that we were made righteous not we were acceptable afterwards Soak in these words this morning. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Speak to the spirit of condemnation this morning and tell you to go. I proclaim freedom in the name of Jesus this morning. There is no condemnation. There is no room for condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I start praying this morning? Praying for yourself, praying for others in the room. Pray for no condemnation in your world. Holy Spirit. 
setting people free this morning of condemnation. The devil likes to tell you you're not worthy. He likes to say, why should you get up in the morning? Who do you think you are to turn up to church? Who do you think you are to raise your hands when somebody suggests or even just of your own accord? There is no condemnation. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Where the Spirit of the Lord Lord is, there is freedom. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. with a blessing for you this morning from Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Blessed is the one, blessed are you, blessed am I whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered, Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. Just turn to your neighbor this morning and say, I am blessed. Put your name into this verse. I am blessed because my transgressions are forgiven. My sins are covered. I am blessed this week as I step forth out of the church this, this afternoon for the rest of the week because the Lord has covered my sin and does not count it against me. In his spirit is no deceit. Be blessed this week, church.